We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today, I want to tell you three quick stories of how people in power, governors, even mayors, are trying to thwart the local will of the people in some deeply problematic ways. The governor of Texas, a lifelong conservative, is talking about sending in state troopers and even the National Guard to clear homeless people out of Austin, Texas, something that the mayor and city council is saying they don't want. Just weeks before San Francisco was scheduled to elect a new district attorney, the mayor there appointed the woman she had endorsed as interim district attorney, horribly putting her thumb on the scale of the election. And I'll close with a story from Baltimore, where Democrats in Maryland helped elect a Republican governor and are about to pay a major price for it if something doesn't change. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. States has a housing crisis, less than I would say we have a homelessness problem, which tends to put the burden on the people who are without housing. We have an affordability problem. We have millions of Americans who are struggling to afford housing or sometimes who just cannot afford housing whatsoever. We also have a mental health crisis and we've found that at the intersection of how expensive housing is and how poor our national mental health systems are, we have an increasing number of people who are without housing and suffering through mental illness. And so cities all over the country, including right here in in New York City, particularly here in New York City, we have hundreds of thousands of people who are struggling to afford a home, including we just learned that nearly one in 10 children in New York public school system has been homeless over this past year. And one city that's experiencing it, and we've talked about it right here on The Breakdown, is the city of Austin, Texas. And the crisis of homelessness and, and housing affordability is so complex. It's Never easy to solve. And I have worked with homeless men, women, and families for most of my adult life. And it's it's never simple. There are normally sometimes a dozen different factors that weigh in on all the variety of different situations and concerns that lead to homelessness. And there's never a one-size-fits-all solution. And the city of Austin, I'm actually actually really, really proud of the city of Austin, is spending more money today, more resources, more time, more staff addressing their homelessness crisis than they've ever spent before. But the governor of Texas is seeing it, and conservatives around the country are seeing 
the issue of homelessness in cities that they don't control. Mind you, in almost all of America's largest cities, Democrats regularly are the mayors and control the city councils. And so Republicans who are outside of those cities, never elected governor from within those cities, but are always kind of on the outside looking in, are now basically saying, hey, if we ran those cities, there would be no homeless people. And they're using it as a political football to say, hey, Democrats don't know how to run their cities. Uh, Democrats don't care about poverty. Democrats don't care about the issue of homelessness. And as a consequence, everybody is in danger as a result. And study after study in Austin, Texas, has proven that public safety is not threatened as a result of homelessness. Like there is not a, an increase in crime caused by homeless men, women, and children. Homelessness itself is hard as hell. It's brutally difficult to endure. It's difficult on people's physical health, mental health. It's difficult, obvious, obviously, to maintain a job or go to school. So, yes, homelessness is a crisis, but it's not one that is threatening the public safety of people who are just around homeless people. But because this talking point is being spread all across the country, we see people from right here in New York and in all 50 states, primarily white conservatives, complaining as if they are in grave danger because of America's homeless. And, and talk radio is fueling this, and conservative talking heads, and conservative pundits and, and politicians are fueling this idea that we must intervene. And so even though the mayor of Austin and the city council of Austin is saying, hey, we actually have our own comprehensive plan to address the homelessness crisis, even though they have that, we're seeing now the governor of Texas is saying that he is going to st- send in state troopers, state police, and, and people are even, are even suggesting they may send in the National Guard to clear out homeless camps and and places where homeless people are sleeping beneath bridges. Listen, these people don't just need to be randomly kicked out of where they are. Their issues need to be addressed. And what is basically going to happen here is over the next couple of days, starting particularly on next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the governor of Texas is going by force, is going to clear out all homeless encampments, basically throwing away people's property and stuff, sometimes, which includes the only forms of identification. It may, they, sometimes, you don't, have, you don't understand this, sometimes they have family heirlooms and valuables, like they have stuff and things that are valuable to them. They just don't have a home. And they're just going to move them from one place to another. And, and, and it's going to be a photo op that makes it look like they're actually doing something, but they're not. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to have a few different action steps available for each of you to take on how you can let the governor of Texas know that he needs to stop intervening into the lives of what people are trying to actually address in Austin. The break, the, the break, the, 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 the breakdown. Next week, San Francisco has a historic opportunity to elect a brand new district attorney. And my friend and brother, who we talked about on 
I think the very first episode of The Breakdown, Chesa Boudin is running for district attorney of San Francisco. And if you are listening to this podcast and you live in San Francisco, if you know people who live in San Francisco, you know people who live around San Francisco or love it, whatever the case is, let them know that they need to vote or they need to ask their family and friends to vote for Chesa Boudin to be the next district attorney. You can actually vote early in San Francisco. You can vote today, tomorrow. You can vote all over the weekend, and you can vote on Monday and Tuesday of next week. Chesa Boudin is going to change the justice system from the inside out. I know him. I know his heart. And let me, let me say something about this. Being district attorney is an enormously difficult job. I have compassion on every district attorney. It is a hard job. I've talked and interviewed and spent time with district attorneys that I know and respect, and I've talked and spent time with district attorneys that I have a real problem with. And I've always come away with the idea of, like, damn, their job is hard as hell. And so the people who take that job, I I admire their desire to get in there uh, to be a public servant, but we have some deeply problematic people running the local justice system. And that's what the district attorney does. They are basically the local CEO of the justice system. And when we find people who say they are going to get in there and change it from the inside out, I'll be honest with you. I now start with an immediate side eye of not believing what they're saying, because a lot of people have now learned the talking points of change uh, of reform of, of abolition but they're not actually committed to it. And so we're always searching for people that we know that we know that we know are deeply, deeply committed to changing the system from the inside out. And i tell you who's, who that person is. Chase Boudin in San Francisco is a man who lives and breathes changing this system. He's dedicated his entire life to changing it, not only as a public defender, but as a civil rights activist and organizer. I believe in him and I know him. And that's why I was so amazingly frustrated when the district attorney of San Francisco resigned just a few weeks ago and the mayor had an opportunity to appoint a temporary replacement. Literally, there were a hundred different people that the mayor could appoint to that position. She chose to appoint the woman she endorsed as district attorney to be the interim district attorney. People practically begged her not to do that, knowing that it would put basically her thumb on the scale, tilting favor to uh, the woman she endorsed, but she ignored it and went ahead and, and appointed the woman she endorsed as DA. Just deeply problematic. And yet this is the time we live in where people are using these political systems to their advantage sometimes in in ways that are wildly unfair and unethical, but they're going after it anyway. And so we see this and we see people, even people who voted for the mayor saying, what, why did you do that? Why, why did you interfere with this election in a way that's ultimately, if the woman she endorsed wins, it would it would basically put a cloud over her role as DA in a way that's not even good for her. But here we are, and we see sometimes our political opponents 
playing a dirty kind of politics that we either need to understand the rules of and play ourselves or need to understand how we fight back in a way that's just as fierce as the way they're fighting. But again, if you know anybody in or near San Francisco, please, please, with capital letters and bold print, encourage them to vote for Chesa Boudin as the next district attorney of San Francisco. We have one more story that I want to share with you uh, from Baltimore, and it's another case of state officials interfering with what's going on right there in the city of Baltimore. It's the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, break it down now. I have some beef with Maryland right now. (laughs) I, I really, really do because they have a conservative Republican governor, Larry Hogan, but they have a state majority of Democratic voters. And in the past election in 2018 for governor, many Democrats, particularly white Democrats, crossed over. And we've seen this in in some problematic ways across the country. They crossed over and voted instead of voting for my friend and brother who would have been a brilliant governor of Maryland, Ben Jealous. They crossed over and supported the conservative Republican governor, Larry Hogan. And it's starting to have a ripple effect all over Maryland, including right there in Baltimore. Earlier this week, Attorney General Brian Frosch, the Attorney General of Maryland, who was a Democrat, made the shocking announcement that he was going to be siding with Governor Larry Hogan, the Republican, in demanding more prosecutors be placed in Baltimore. Baltimore does not have a problem with too few prosecutors. Baltimore does not have a problem with too few police. Baltimore's problems aren't lack of police or prosecutors. And the only people who would say that that's what's needed to solve the problems of Baltimore are clearly people who don't live in Baltimore, who don't understand what the problems of Baltimore truly are, and ultimately don't really care about Baltimore. That Attorney General Frosch acquiesced to Hogan's demand that prosecutors be forced on the city while ignoring Baltimore's own district attorney, State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby, who had proposed actual solutions and had requested real resources to address the, the number one threat to public safety in Baltimore, they ignored her. The Democratic attorney general there now said he is seeking 20 additional prosecutors to intervene in gang violence and drug trafficking. Again, the city of Baltimore doesn't have problems of gang violence and drug trafficking because they lack prosecutors. He also, the Democratic attorney general said he wants three more prosecutors to target firearms trafficking, five analysts to assist with criminal investigations. He wants basically an entire new office of prosecutors and staff to prosecute different issues in Baltimore. 
that already have prosecutors to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. Again, this is a city that is in desperate need of fair economic development, better schools, better mental health resources, affordable quality housing, uh, uh, better uh, uh, access to health care. And the state attorney general, Democrat, and the governor of Maryland, a Republican who was only elected because Democrats crossed over and voted for him, said, oh, you need better schools? Oh, you need more resources for your schools like air conditioners and heaters, air conditioners for the summer and heaters in the winter? Oh, uh, your city needs some equitable economic development and better jobs. Guess what? We've got prosecutors. That's not what the city needs. And in doing this, in seeking all of these additional prosecutors, the Democratic attorney general is basically siding with a Republican governor directly against the the local will of the people of Baltimore. Governor Hogan, the Republican, directed the state attorney general to take over prosecutions in Baltimore City in September, citing his belief that Baltimore prosecutors were being too lenient. They're not being too lenient. Hell, people in Baltimore feel like they're being too harsh. Hogan has refused. Governor Hogan, of course he has refused to reach out to Marilyn Mosby and other local leaders to discuss real solutions, despite Marilyn's attempts over and over again to try to arrange meetings with the governor, he has completely stonewalled her. This man is not interested in helping Baltimore. He has ignored letters that she wrote, other demands that she's made. She has outlined comprehensive solutions to violence in the city, and over and over again, the governor has ignored her. She wrote Marilyn Mosby, who is the state's attorney, that is Baltimore's version of a district attorney, wrote a September 19th letter to the governor asking for increased collaboration with state police to solve homicide cases in Baltimore, deeper state investigations into criminal enterprises being run out of the state prisons. She asked for increased funding of community-led violence interruption programs. She asked for an overhaul of the state's Department of Juvenile Services, which she said is failing to actually help help reform and improve and inspire juvenile offenders there in Baltimore. She got no response to it. And instead of working with local officials like Mosby, who was elected to represent the residents of Baltimore, Frosch has chosen the side, that, that's the Democratic Attorney General, has chosen the side with a Republican and blamed the city of Baltimore for its own problems. And here's the thing. With this story breaking, we need to communicate, and I need your help communicating to the state attorney general, a Democrat, that he needs to actually work with the people who put him in power. Here's the thing. Let let me say this before we move to our action steps. We need to elect people that we have relationships with. Because what I'm seeing over and over and over again is that when we just vote, say, down the Democratic ticket, people get in office and then we realize quick, fast, in a hurry that they don't give a damn about us. And certainly if you cross over and vote in a conservative Republican as your governor, you're going to end up getting everything that people said you were going to get out of that, which is not just nothing, 
but problematic policies and decisions that don't improve the conditions for people in Baltimore one little bit. All right, everybody, we have three different action steps for you to take. First and foremost, if you know anybody who lives in San Francisco, let me let me rephrase that. Let's assume you know somebody who lives in San Francisco. Now, if you live in San Francisco, I absolutely, I am begging you to vote today, tomorrow, over the weekend, on Monday or Tuesday, Chase Boudin to be the next district attorney. But let's assume somebody who lives in San Francisco follows you on social media. I need you to post about Chase Boudin on social media. Google his name, C-H-E-S-A, last name Boudin, B-O-U-D-I-N. Google his name, share his links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Post it all over your social media. Text your friends and, and family and other people who may live in and around San Francisco. He needs donors. He needs volunteers. But here's the thing. He needs voters. And we fought in elections for district attorney where we've lost by 50 votes. So your little phone call, your little social media post, don't look at that and be like, this doesn't matter. It matters. All of it matters. There are times where I wished I had just pushed a little bit harder and maybe just all by myself I could have helped get 40 or 50 or 60 more votes. So, of course, with all of you listening, plan to, to help encourage people to vote for Chaso Boudin to be the next district attorney of San Francisco. Now, the next thing that I want you to do, and please, please, we're going to email this as well for all of you who are subscribed uh, to our action steps or you're on our breakdown crew, part of the action pack. We need you to email the attorney, the Democratic Attorney General of Maryland. His email address is bfrosh, B-F-R-O-S-H, at O-A-G dot state dot M-D dot U-S. Hold on. States really need to fix their email addresses. Nobody needs an email address with an ending that's that ridiculous. Okay, let me give it to you again. B Frosh, that's B F R O S H, at O A G dot state dot M D dot U S. And what, what we want you to email him is just to email him and let him know that by siding with the Republican governor to send more prosecutors into Maryland that he is going against the will of the voters, he's going against the, the, the DA of Baltimore, Marilyn Mosby, and he's going against the, just the will of the people. What they need right now is not more prosecutors. There are comprehensive solutions to the problems of Baltimore, and more prosecutors aren't even a part of that process. You can email him, bfrosh at oag.state.md.us. You can give him a call at 410 576 6,300. Last but not least, we'd like for you to give the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, a phone call today. You can call the governor of Texas at 512-463-2000. That's 512-463-2000. And we just simply want you to communicate to the people there. And let me remind you, both with Attorney General Frosch and Governor Abbott, that we always want you to be respectful and warm, just firm and direct in what it is that you're asking for. 
Call 512-463-2000 and let the governor's office know that you are against the actions they are taking against the homeless people that are living in and around Austin, Texas. The mayor doesn't want them to do what they're doing. The city council doesn't want it. Everyday people in Austin don't want it. They're doing this for a photo op. They aren't there to help those people. They're only there to clear them out. These people need help. They need assistance. And the mayor of Austin, the city council of Austin, and many different charities and organizations in and around Austin actually have comprehensive plans to address homelessness, and the governor is playing games. Give him a call at 512-463-2000. That's the office of the governor, Governor Abbott. Ask to speak when you call both numbers for Attorney General Frosch or Governor Abbott. Always ask to speak to a real person in the Attorney General's office, in the governor's office, and leave a message if you can. Break it down. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Breakdown. If you have not already subscribed to our podcast, please, please, please click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform that you use and love. Thank you, of course, to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. If you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so now. But if you'd also like to become a founding member of the North Star, you can do so right now at thenorthstar.com. Of course, thank you so much to our associate producer, Lissandra, and our senior producer and podcast director, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce. A great sauce starts with the best ingredients. Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is that great sauce. Inspired by our founder's original recipe, Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is made with delicious ingredients, including vine-ripened tomatoes, chopped onions, garlic, and olive oil, simmered together for the authentic taste you and your family will want to come back to. For recipes, sauces, and mealtime inspiration, visit ragu.com.